Well, the story uh, starts, it says, the, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakali. Now, it happened in the month of Cheslev that the 20th year, while I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, and some of the men uh, from Judah came. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. Uh, what, what's happened is that Babylon has come, taken over Israel, what's left of Israel, which was Judah, and took, it says in Second uh, Kings, that what happened was Babylon took all the strong, everyone who had anything to offer, they took them from Jerusalem, they took them from Judah, and they brought them to Babylon. And that's where Nehemiah is. He's one of those strong people that was taken, and now he's in the capital, the seat of power in that area. And we'll find out he's the cupbearer here at the end of the chapter as we get towards that. And the cupbearer means that in terms of people serving the king, he has the most access to the king. Whoever has the most access to the king what was very, very powerful. And so he has power, he has strength, everything that you could think of to have to offer, but he's taken to Babylon. And the reason why is because Babylon was building something. The king was building something. He's building an empire. He's building security for his people. And the thought that he has is the same thought that we have. It's the same thought that the world has, that if we're building something, we should build on our strengths. We should build by with whoever it is that's strong. That's how things are built. And the weak is pushed off to the side. The weak are thrown off. And that doesn't just happen in our lives, in our community. It just happens within ourselves as a person, too. We think that I need to figure out where my strengths are, and that by finding my strengths, I'll be able to build a life for myself. I'll be able to obtain what it is that I want. That what it is that I want is going to come from me grabbing a hold of my strengths. And then we have these weaknesses that we just try and push off to the side. We try and eliminate our weaknesses. We try and say, I've got this weakness, but I'm going to train myself. I'm going to discipline myself so that this is no longer a weakness. We try and just take these weaknesses away. And when we can't take them away, we just try and hide them and push them off and not let anybody know about them. That's the way we think of building things. And the wonderful thing about the story of Nehemiah is it's the salvation of God coming in. And it's important for us as people, because we want to know how, how is it that we can take hope in what it is that God is doing? Why is it sometimes we just, it's hard for us to see what God is doing? Why is it so hard for us to have hope in what God is doing? It's important for us in our, as a family, us as a church, we're talking about how are we going to start opening back up? We, we did this service on Sunday. Well, what are we going to do? Where, what we're really asking is, how is God saving us? How is God here in our life? How can we see that? How can we find that? How can we walk in that? As we look through Nehemiah, it'll help highlight, here's what we're looking at. That's what the world looks at, building based on strength. But that's as it turns out, that's not what God is doing. God isn't building something 
by throwing away the weak. God is doing something very different. And what it says here is that people from this area that Babylon just discarded, they thought there's no value for them. People from that group have come this long, 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 long distance, it says. People from Judah have come to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, he's in the seat of power, and yet he takes time to meet with them. And he doesn't just meet, he inquires and says, how are things over here? It's the strong inquiring, how, how are things here with weak? In other words, they're coming, he's coming. God's salvation doesn't begin by separating out the strong from the weak. God's salvation is seen as he brings them back together. The world is separating us out. And it's not even that these people were weak. It was an evaluation made by an oppressor, Babylon, that categorized it this way, that created this separation. And it created this separation so that it could conquer both. But what God was doing, his salvation, is something that brings us back together. And as it turns out, the, the, what was left over, what was weak, that marked where they needed to be. That was the territory that they needed to go to. See, sometimes when we think of things in terms of this is weak and, and this is strong, whether it's this person is weak and this person is strong, or this part of me is weak, or this part of me is strong, or this job is weak, or this job is strong. As we just start dividing everything up in terms of weak or strong, we have this natural tendency to think everything's going to be built based on what's strong. God is building things here based on what's weak. He's about to build the country not from where the strong are at, but from where the weak are at. Paul brings this up. He says, look, in the church, there's people that you look at their gifts, and it seems very strong. You just look at it, it seems very And then there's other people who have gifts, and you just kind of think, ah, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a weak gift. He says, it's just like the body. The, the, the strongest parts of the body are not necessarily the most important. It's the weakest parts sometimes that we need to survive. We might be able to live without this part or this part that has a lot of muscle and strength, but we can't live without some of these small parts. And he says it's the same way in the church. We need the weak parts. And this idea of strength versus weakness, that, that whole dynamic, it just creates this lie this illusion to help us focus in on things that are really about nothing and lose track of where it is, where our heart is, where it is that, you know, the, what it is that we really need. And this is how it works. It, what we forget about is that, look, there's a, sometimes when we think about helping someone, you know, there's that that little analogy that people give, uh, train a, a guy to, you, you know, you, you hand someone a fish, you feed them for a day, but if you train them how to fish, then you feed them for life. Great analogy, right? That's what we end up doing. It's like, well, why are we giving people fishes when we should just be training everyone how to fish? 
Now, the problem is, is once we start going down this road and we throw out all these little analogies and these stories, we lose sight of reality because the reality is everyone doesn't need to know how to fish. I don't need to know how to fish. BG knows how to fish. He sends me pictures of the fish all the time. Anytime I want to fish, I could ask BG. He would come and bring a fish and he'd even cook it for me. We don't need to know how to fish if we're in a family where someone else knows how to fish. That's what Paul is saying. We don't all need to be able to do this if we're in a family where we're sharing. One person will do this. One person will do that. And besides all that, the disciples were experts at fishing. But the, we read through some of the stories in the gospel. They went out all night, a group of them, experts at fishing. They knew how to do it. They knew everything about it. They went out, put all their expertise to use, and they came back with nothing. They caught nothing. You know, That's what we don't realize. We think, oh, well, I need to be sure. The strong will go out, there will be a day when they will come out and have nothing. But then some guy on the shore who knows nothing about fishing, Jesus says to them, hey, you know what, throw your nets to the other side. Well, we've already cleaned up. There's no chance. We went out at the best time of the day. There's no chance. He said, just throw it. And they said, all right, because you asked, we'll do it. And then they had more fish than they knew what to handle with. We don't need to be strong all the time. We're not going to be strong all the time. We have ideas of what strong is, and half the time, that's not even what strong is. It leads us down the wrong path. All we need to do is just be together. If we're together, then we'll have everything that we need. If we're an island unto ourselves and we're experts at fishing, we're experts at cooking, we're experts at cleaning, we're experts at organization, that fine, we're on an island by ourselves, but you're never going to be an expert at everything. And even if we were, there's going to come a day when we come up short. What we need is to be together. You know, in a family, there's times when I'm strong and Karen is weak, and I help her through something. And there's lots of times, most of the time, I'm weak, and she's strong, and she helps me through something. It's okay for us to have weaknesses if we have people around us that will see us through, that will say, I'm going to go through this with you. It's better. And the result brings us to a place that we want to be. We don't need to be in Babylon separated. We don't need to be down in Egypt. You know, it says here in the verse, it says, describes them. It says, concerning the Jews who had escaped and survived the captivity in Jerusalem. It says, the remnant there in the providence who survived the captivity. They survived. Not only does the simple fact is not everyone needs to know how to fish if one person in our family does, maybe two people, maybe we need an extra person to fish, but not everyone needs to go out there and fish. But if God is with us, it's okay for us to be just surviving. 
you know, what it's saying there is that, look, what's clear here when we look at in Jerusalem and the people that are here, if we look at this weakness, the truth of the matter is we're just, we're just surviving. Maybe Nehemiah, you know, he's in the seat of power. He, he's got good food to eat every day. He seems like he has all this happening. But the truth is, he's just surviving too. Whatever is being built there in Babylon, that's a waste because that's just going to be tossed. That's going to be left behind because they need to come here. This is what God is building for them. You know, when the children of Israel left Egypt, slavery, they were being killed off and they were brought into where God was taking them. The journey was a day-by-day -day journey. It was day-by-day, -day, but God had brought them out. God had parted the Red Sea. God was, his presence was clear in the daytime with this cloud, this pillar of cloud. It was clear at nighttime with a pillar of fire. Every single day, God fed them bread from heaven. They didn't need to know how to get bread from heaven. God gave them bread from heaven every day. And yet, because they were going day by day, they thought, well, God must just be bringing us out here to kill us. We should go back to Egypt where we had vats of meat. Yeah, they had vats of meat in Egypt. But Egypt isn't where we want to be. Nehemiah had, had probably great food there at the king's table, being the cupbearer. Babylon isn't where he wanted to be. Egypt is captivity. Babylon is captivity. That's not where we want to be. The path is defined by what they see. It's, look, we're just barely surviving. You know, sometimes we just think, well, I'm just going day by day. I'm just barely surviving. And we see salvation as the day when I'm going to have vats of meat or the day when I'm going to be eating from the king said, well, we'll have that up in heaven, but right now we're on a journey and we don't need to be carrying a big vat of meat through the desert with us. It's okay if God loves us, if God cares for us, if God is real, if God is providing food for us every day, if God is faithful if God will not abandon us, then going day by day is perfectly fine. It's fine. That doesn't need to be changed. If God is with us day by day, it's probably even preferable. We need the weak parts of us of our community, our family, the weak parts of who we are as people. There's value there. We don't need to hide that. It's okay for us to be going day by day. What we really need to know is, is God with us or not? Does God care for us or not? And if they look at their situation, there's a ton of trouble. It says they're in great distress and reproach. But they can also see they've already survived a lot. A lot has already happened 
and they've survived. But why have they survived? Have they survived because they're strong? The, the strong may say that, that they've survived because of, but what about the weak? No, they know. See, there's this perspective that we miss. If we start thinking, I got to have the strength, 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 everything is built on strength. What we lose is, is we start thinking that I'm surviving, I'm living because of my strength. But there's a certain amount of clarity that comes from this day to day. There's a certain amount of clarity that is seen in our weakness. And that's why this is so important and we can't lose track of it. And look, a weakness isn't just, oh, I don't have any money. <laughs> There's, you know, weakness might be, I'm struggling with depression. You could have all the money in the world, but I'm struggling here. And I feel this sense of just day by day. It could be, I have all the money, but I've got some sort of addiction. And, and you know, anyone who's struggling with addiction knows it's like, man, you just got to take this day by day. Those moments of day by day, grabbing a hold of our weakness, letting that sink in. And as we see at the end, it says that, you know, Nehemiah just let it sink in for days. This morning, this feeling that he has, he just let it sink in. As we sink it in, two things become clear. The first is we start seeing that the reason why we're surviving has nothing to do with any of this other stuff. The only reason why we're surviving is because God has chosen to keep us alive. God has chosen to give us another day. And God isn't doing it. God doesn't just do random things. He has a plan. He's keeping us here. We're going day by day because he has a plan for us. He cares for us. He loves us. He's taking care of us. He's with us, but he also has a plan that involves us. And that weakness helps mark that plan. And, and as we see, it says they are in great distress and reproach. And then it says something interesting. It says the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. That, that may not even be the main problem but it's something that comes up. And as it turns out that this whole story of God's salvation and the way that God brings them together, brings the weak and the strong together and, and people see the, the, you know, take care of each other here, take care of each other there, that this whole thing unfolds around the building of this wall. And the building of the wall has a practical nature to it, yes. But there's a lot more happening here as this wall is being built that we'll see. A lot is happening as this task is going forward. And, and a lot of what's happening is people are coming together. And for us as a church, you know, we need to ask ourselves, where, where is our weakness personally? And what we see is as that weakness starts coming out, a path is seen with that. Where are we going to go as a church? We're never going to know where we are as a church if no one's willing to share any of our, you know, no, we're not willing to share any, we're not willing to show any weakness. We need to be able to be okay with our day-to-day -day things. We need to be okay with our weaknesses. 
We need to put it out there. As Andrew said, intimacy, it's called being vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's not okay if it's all about strength. But if it's all about Jesus, and Jesus loves us and cares for us, and he's taking care of us, then it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be weak. And as we see that and put that out there, what God always does is there's some sort of task, there's something that gets highlighted that's in conjunction to it. And we may not see the connection, but there's something, there's some building of this, of something. And as we, this story of God's salvation unfolds, it's as they join together on this task. What, what's, what is it that God is building for us as a church? What is the task that he's putting out there? We'll see what those are as we're open to our weaknesses. As we look through this story, we're going to see that Nehemiah directs it all to the Lord at that point. What other choice does he have? He puts it to the Lord in prayer, in fasting. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about his prayer next week. But as we will see, the chapter ends with him being called, for I was the cupbearer of the king. He knows there's something he needs to give. He knows that whatever strength he has, it's been given for this task that's marked out by the people that were left behind. And he knows that God is calling on him to give a great risk, to risk his life. And the Lord has a task for us in our lives, in our family, in our community, for, for us as a church. Uh, this Easter was a beginning of that, and a lot of that beginning of that was people being open, people being vulnerable, people saying, I need Jesus. And it's not them saying, I need Jesus. It's them saying for us as a church, we need Jesus. We need to be vulnerable. We need to see who we really are. We need to be okay with going day by day. And it's okay because we know that Jesus loves us and cares for us, because we can already see that Jesus has given us life. And as we grab a hold of that, Jesus will give us a path. He'll give us something that he's building. But if we want to participate in that, it's not necessarily going to involve sacrifice. Nehemiah, throughout the story, as we'll see, it's he didn't necessarily sacrifice. You know, he's still eating at the king's table. But it involved a risk. And that's what it'll involve for all of us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for all that you're doing in our life. And help us to hold dear every weakness around us, every weakness in us. Help us to come close to our weaknesses. Help us to come together. Lord, please let us see day by day how much you're taking care of us. Day by day, how much you love us, how much you care for us. And please lay out a path for us, something that you're building. And work it out that we can participate. Give us gifts to be able to participate. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.